listening to the North Avenue Show, a podcast devoted to sharing the stories of some top entrepreneurs and marketing directors. I'm Andrew Curtin, and I'm sitting down with top executives to talk about their process, lessons learned, and how to make an impact. Hello and welcome to the North Avenue Show. Today we are joined by Jason Sota, CEO and founder of The Co-Club. Jason, thanks for coming in. Good to see you. Nice to see you, Andrew. How you doing? So tell me a bit more about The Co-Club. Not everyone is an office brokerage company, so it's a fairly unique idea and concept. So tell us a bit more about it. Okay, that sounds like a a good question. All right, well, let's start with um, Co. So basically, we, uh, we work with startups, entrepreneurs, uh, small businesses and large businesses as well. And we are a provider of co-working space. So basically we work with uh, clients uh, and according to their criteria, we help them find space uh, all over the world. Uh, kind of started off in a very basic concept of providing sort of commercial space, kind of dissected it a little bit and moved more into understanding what the client really want. Um, because I think it comes down to location, uh, what kind of business you're running, where you want to be positioned in the market. So that's where we step in and we help these clients get what they want. I know you have a very unique and innovative offering, but if I'm a potential client, what's stopping me from doing it myself? Why do I have to go to you? (laughs) Good question. Um, Well, okay, to answer that question, I mean, I was on the other side. Uh, so I was, if you, if you flip the coin, I was that person looking for space. So when I first started business, I mean, I've been in sort of various businesses in my career. Um, and it came down to a point of, well, let me look for space so that I can actually run my other business, which was property at the time. Um, looked at many locations, talked to many agents, looked at a lot of commercial space all across London. Uh, at that time, it was more sort of focused on North and, and West London rather than the sort of South and East. Um, it just met our requirements. So I would walk in to locations, uh, meet the people within those spaces and they would show me around but I just kept feeling that it needed something more I thought some of the questions that I was being asked uh, trying to understand me a little bit better and what I'm what I'm all about my business uh, my team what their expectations were um, so I decided when I walked away um, from this particular location probably best if I don't give the name but I said well let me let me just try this on my own and see how this works I wanted to get to know who the clients were rather than showing them the space because at the end of the day when you walk into a space you've got four walls and you've got you know a door and you've got glass Um, but what does it mean for someone and why does that person want to be there so I really wanted to understand a little bit more about who that person is who's going to sign up to that office and to be honest with you some of the people just signed up because they wanted to sign up but does it actually meet your requirements does it meet you know all your expectations and what you want from that space because last thing you want to do is move in somewhere um six months down the line you've realized that you made a mistake or it's the wrong thing for you so let me spend some time initially let me get involved with you and figure out how your business works um and i thought i'd try and give it a jump and and go in it for myself and and this is where i am now and that's a wonderful background story but if i go to you and i say jason i need a premises will you just get me a premises or will you give me the full package i mean the wi-fi the appliances all the different bits and pieces to build up an office can you do everything for me that's what we're all about we want to make it so that it's easier for you um at the end of the day you are in business or whoever the client's going to be are in business um for their own reasons so we want to make sure that it's as easy and the transition is as easy as possible. Now, a lot of these, obviously, you know, the marketplace now, co-working, uh, spaces cropping up everywhere all over the world. Um, the offering is there, the Wi-Fi, you know, the furniture, um, 
in the old days, it used to be about space, literally a blank canvas. You'd have to come in, put your own sort of internet connections in. You'd have to put your own furniture in. Yeah, yeah. You know, here you go. Here's a here's a here's a box, and off you go, and you can do whatever you want to do with it. Um, but that takes away your time. And what are you really doing in your business? You haven't got time to go and look for desks and chairs and so on. You can get. You can come to someone like us, and we'll pick your um, requirements for you, uh, dissect them, and then get you a place that's going to be completely what you need. If it's fully kitted out, it's fully kitted out. If it's something that you need where you need not so many desks or you would like, uh, let's say you're an interior designer and you need a bit more, um, let's say, show space or presentation space, then let's equip your office with that so we can help you with the whole thing. That's a wonderful offering you have. So answer this question for me, a question that really fascinates me. How did you get your first client? <laughs> um, oh, that's a that's a good question. I think, well, the best way to answer that one is when I opened up, because um, I had a physical space before this, and when I opened up um, the office doors, uh, I decided to test um, Facebook. And I started putting an advert on Facebook, and then I started moving on to some of the other social media platforms like Instagram. Um, and just happened to be that someone called me out of the blue um, and said, I'm looking for an office space. Um, can I come in today? And I think the time was probably around sort of five, six in the evening. Um, and he decided that he was going to walk in at nine o'clock. So he walked in at 9 p.m. I waited for this particular gentleman, um, told me that he'd seen the advert that we've been obviously putting out over the, on social media, um, and then took a space for me there and then. We signed an agreement. Um, he paid the deposit the next day, and three days later he was in. But at that time it showed me how powerful social media is. <laughs> It's always good to hear social media is having a, a good effect on B2B companies. But just as a matter of interest, Jason, how many followers did you have on your social media platform at that particular time? Oh, I think it was only maybe 300 or 400 followers. It was very, very small. Um, but what we did was we used sort of location service. So we've put on there, this is where we're located. Um, I decided to go a little bit out of the box at the time as well. So we took, I put some videos up about um, getting lunch, you know, in the afternoon from the canteen because we're part of a larger setup then. So there was a, a sort of communal kitchen area and then we had our own space to the side. So I'll just put up videos about, you know, I've just grabbed this sandwich today and we had a very, very small number of followers. And the majority of those followers were people who were local. So for us, it really worked. Um, but what it also did was give me the opportunity to understand how social media does work. Uh, obviously things are a lot different now. We have sort of our own social media teams within within the co-club um, who take things to a whole new level. But this was me on my own, you know, I started off with uh, one desk, one um, uh, desktop and one mobile and not having a clue about Instagram or Facebook, I kind of just learned from- Just took a chance. Yeah, just and literally just picked up from YouTube. That's how I learned, you know. And YouTube should be everyone's best friend. It should be, you know, and it really does work. If you're looking for the right thing you'll find it you know oh exactly and we're so lucky really to have youtube and all the courses and all the different lessons to go back and if we do need to learn something about social media or content creation we can always refer back to youtube something that they mightn't have had on years gone by um especially back in early 2000s and obviously go back to the 90s so tell us a, a bit about your pricing structure jason 
Well, what we do is, so we work directly with um, the providers. So we work with the office operators. So we, you know, think of us as a, a brokerage, um, like a real estate agency, but in the in the sort of a co-working space. So in terms of the end user, the client, um, whether they are single occupancy person or a startup or a medium company, um, they don't pay us. Um, we get paid by the provider. So it means that it's hassle-free. The transition is going to be very easy for you. Um, obviously, when you do come in, there's certain requirements, paying a deposit, um, et cetera. We do a small sort of company check on you as well, just to make sure everything's okay. Um, just so that we're in accordance with the space providers as well. Uh, but generally, um, it's them who pays us. Now, what we are working on, actually, while you ask this question, is something quite interesting. We're working on a membership program because we've identified that there is a need um, for clients. So what happens is we don't want to be just providers of space. Um, We want to be able to give extra services. So that could include, for example, IT equipment, uh, telecommunication, social media, you know, even things like we're looking at coaching at the moment as well. We we understand the power of coaching. Uh, I think people are very scared of that term. I think they're a bit nervous when they hear the word business coaching, Um, but, yeah, and it's, it's everywhere. You know, you see all over all the platforms, you know, business coach this, business coach that. And I think if you are, if you're open-minded and you're open to the idea of uh, working with a business coach, I think it will change, it will actually change your outlook. And I, I currently work with a business coach now and so does my team. Um, and it's changed our business and it also aligns you. It aligns you as a business, it keeps you... Uh, in focus Um, and as we all know one thing about business is it's not the easiest thing to do and it's not only easy it's it's very it can be very uh, an isolating uh, thing you know you could be at home you could be you know just all you've got is basically your laptop and you've got access to information on the net and with something like business coaching it's it's about accountability it's about responsibility it's about understanding where your business is heading so there's all these things that we're going to now try and incorporate which is going to be an extra value to the client it's not just space we're talking about anymore things are moving oh for sure and tell us this jason when you place a client do you have a sort of retention strategy i mean okay so there's a lot of statistics on this um and we've actually been doing a lot of work on it currently um generally when somebody moves into, I mean, obviously once we get paid, we get paid, that's it, then it's it's finished with, but generally they stay within that location because we are talking about, you know, a longevity of a business. You have got businesses that start up and then obviously close very quickly, but generally businesses will be there to stay. And if they are, they'll continue. And, and at the end of the day, they're producing business cards and all this sort of material, etc., to do with that location of where they are. So the idea of them sort of moving around is, is limited. But then we have got a we've got a new um, sort of way that things are now coming into the market, and that's and it's been it's been bounced around a lot. This word of nomad working. So the idea of you can work anywhere you know, anytime, um, any how you want. Um, so there's also that. So we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to look at that as an avenue as well. Um, so yeah, you could be in an office, you could be working from a beach, you could be working from anywhere that you wish to do so. But what will happen is the more, if we go back to the sort of membership side, is the more members then that we have, the more information we can send them being a member of these are the kind of things that we're looking at doing. So the retention should remain quite high. Yeah, and I suppose... You guys can get very creative with your offerings, such as if I get an office off you guys and I'm expanding and just say I have a lot of equipment, video equipment or any sort of studio equipment, could I go to you guys and say, listen, 
my storage is getting kind of full could you get me some sort of a storage facility like kind of an add-on to my office could you actually provide that yeah this is um this is something that we actually did in our previous space so we had storage facilities um and the reason we had that was we actually had one of our clients and he was a photographer a wedding photographer so he would come in and out didn't want to obviously carry all his equipment around so initially started off with him just placing some of his equipment in a storage room that we also used to use um and then we decided to sort of do some work with that storage area and and provide him with his own area and his own space um i I think with looking at our sort of the way that we are evolving as a business, the way that the market's evolving, there is an opportunity for that as well. Um, but it almost means that having to then change the physical outlook of buildings, you know, the physical look, the way the way the building is perceived, because then what are you? Are you a co-working space with a bit of storage? Are you a storage space? And, you know, you don't want to get the sort of the market confused. But I think in terms of certain types of businesses, uh, do require uh, storage um, and obviously you know that is something that's on the cards to look for in the, in the near future of how could we incorporate that uh, for clients to make life a lot easier because that's what, that's what we're in the business for to make their life easier exactly yeah and seeing Jason as you have a lot of research and statistics behind you about the working environment and what way people are going to work remotely or is it in a shared space uh, or if they're still going to traditional offices do you think there is a shift in the market especially for startups do you think startups are more inclined to have their staff work at home or do you think there'll always be a demand to get brick and mortar offices um i think the market is I mean, we talk about the market expanding. I mean, the co-working market, office space market is expanding um, at an extortionate rate. Um, What we knew of co-working five years ago is a completely different story now in 2019. And it's going to get even better. You know, next sort of five to 10 years, we're looking at huge projections of space. But I think to answer your question about startups, it's startups themselves are are a part of how business has got to start. We have to look at stage one. Stage one is a business basically is like a baby. It's gonna build, it's gonna be born, it's gonna it's gonna start somewhere. It could start from the kitchen table, it could start from your sofa, um, and then it's gonna evolve. Now, if you're looking at office space generally, you know, as you increase your team, as you increase the people who are gonna be required in your business, um, then you'll obviously make those requirements at that time. But the good thing about technology and the way that the technology is changing now is you have resources available. So you, for example, you know, the power of Instagram or the power of Facebook, you can reach you can reach audiences. You know, you have these apps online that can do your accountancy for you. Um, you know, you can even get food delivered to your office, you know, or to your home. So things like this are making things easier. So you could then look at... Um, outsourcing or resource you know throwing out your resources what can i what can i do how can i leverage who i am and what my business does to get the maximum return because there are tools out there but i think there are certain businesses that are always going to need people you know they're going to need people um you know if you look at a hospital for example you know if you can open a hospital you can't you know you're going to need people you know surgeons nurses um you know just so that and beds and you know whatever you're going to need so otherwise the business wouldn't work oh definitely and i feel that if you are going after just a big brand or big client that's 
you kind of do have to have the office set up you have to have a, a millennial modern looking place busy good atmosphere rather than just be the freelancer working from home and outsourcing some work to different countries because i really feel that big brands do like to associate themselves with big companies as well i mean they do there is um i mean an example of that would be um you know, if you go to say, for example, the YouTube office, the YouTube office in King's Cross, it's booming. There's lots and lots of freelancers. Um, they've they have sort of, I, th- I believe that they have an open door there. I think that that's how they work. I mean, don't quote me on that. I need to sort of work on more information on that. But I think the idea of companies outsourcing work to, let's say, a freelancer who's then going to outsource work again. I mean, is that is that what you're what you're saying? Is that your question? What I'm trying to say really is that if you're that startup and you're trying to break into the majors and get those big clients that you have to have a big team behind you uh, a nice office well set up because I do feel that them brands do want to see who they're working with and there's a nice team behind them they have a nice setup they have a nice relaxed environment and they can do work efficiently I mean I think we are talking I mean look there's two sides of that story I think the first part of that story is you're going to have the traditional businesses you know the traditional businesses who come in um, and they're going to want to see your outfit they're going to want to see where you're positioned what area you're positioned in um, I mean you probably remember this stuff in the you know in the past where people used to take virtual offices in Mayfair to give the outlook that they're in Mayfair you know and then when they yeah the U1 or the W1 you know Berkeley Square um, and people went past that they realised that hold on you know this perception you're trying to show is is not real um so that you're going to have one side of the coin where you're going to have the clients who are going to ask for meetings at your space and they're going to want to know who you are and what you do and they'll ask the tough questions they'll ask who you're outsourcing to you know they'll see your setup and then you've got the other side of the coin so you've got the coin where people are understanding now they understand technology and they understand the 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 idea of leverage because what you're doing now is you're leveraging your resources if you've got for example a very good business and your tools in that business is say you're the person at the front you're the marketing person you're the sales person you know if for example you've got to do this you're not good at admin you're going to obviously outsource the admin and if you explain to the other company who's going to approach you for business and say look I'm not good at the accountancy side or I'm not good at the admin side, so I've outsourced that. However, my skills lie with the marketing. I'm going to then use, you know, I'm going to be the man at the front or the lady at the front. I'm going to be the person who's going to be, you know, your point of contact. But all these other things that I'm not good at and my skill sets that, are not, that, that I just, just can't do or don't want to do, whatever the choice may be, you will then outsource those parts. But I think the way the world is changing now, and I think people are now understanding that this is the way the future is going to be. I think you're 100% right there. I think companies are realising the last few years that they're only good at a couple of things, so they're going to outsource the things that they feel they're a bit weaker at. And I think for clients, they probably have no problem with that. Um, But that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks a lot for coming in, Jason. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for having me, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. So I hope you really enjoyed the show. Thanks again, Jason, for coming in. And stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks again, Jason. Take care now. Thank you very much. You take care. Thank you for listening to the North Abbey.